It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder dropped their game to the LA Clippers. Lou Dort struggles in this one, and are the Thunder going to play SGA? in the second night of a back-to-back against the Lakers, and how important is this game against the Lakers after dropping the game against the Clippers? We'll talk about all that coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel, we're going to talk about the Thunder falling to the LA Clippers what this means for the Thunder, what this means for the future of the season with the standings and how crazy they are and how they can uh, finish out this road trip with the second game of a back-to-back happening today against the Lakers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Lockdown. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. And the Thunder lost to the Clippers yesterday, and it was a... Pretty strange game. Whenever you look at the final score and that the Thunder lost 127 to 105, and then you look at the uh, fact that the Thunder got down by 28 points, it, it doesn't really tell the full story of what happened in this game. 
There were 10 lead changes. There were nine, uh, I'm sorry, nine lead changes 10 times that this game was tied. And the Thunder had this game tied up at the half on the road against the Clippers heading into their best quarter. The problem was they just could not survive the non-SGA minutes. They could not, you know, kind of kind of uh, get themselves going again once they hit their, their lull in the third quarter. Kawhi Leonard was absolutely sensational. Kawhi dropped 32 points, and he missed two shots. And then from three, the Clippers knocked down 18 triples on 48%. From beyond the arc, OKC shot uh, and made 13 threes on 39 attempts, which is 33% from deep. And that was pretty well the difference uh, in this one. Kawhi was incredible. Their role players were good, and, and, and we were able to knock down triples and were able to uh, to contribute in a good in a good high way. For OKC, this is a, a tough game to lose because you now you're back down below 500. Uh, technically speaking right now, you're no longer in the play-in tournament. And so uh, whenever you now wake up every morning, and you're checking the standings every morning now, and you and you see kind of that jarring um, revelation that the Thunder went from, you know, eight down to 11 to where they're not even in the play-in anymore. Um, it, it can really hit you in a certain way and make you kind of want to freak out or get, get extremely nervous about the future of this season and what it was compared to where you were at Tuesday whenever things looked like they were just going to be absolutely sunshine and rainbows. The bottom line is the most likely case scenario is always going to go two and two on the road trip. That's what we said before the road trip even started. Now you've got to figure out a way to get a win here against the Lakers uh, and then try to figure out a way to get a win in Portland uh, if you can, you know, obviously Portland would be the one where it looks as though that would be the more winnable game. But the game against the Lakers is probably one of the biggest games. The Lakers game could have SGA playing. He's questionable right now uh, to play in this game or not. But the Lakers game, if you win it, that can really set this season in motion and and almost allow you to control your own destiny. Because if you win this game tonight against the Lakers, you're going to go to Portland Sunday should be a win. Like, I know it's a road game. I know it's tough to win on the road in the Western Conference, but the Portland Trailblazers are just not very good. They're 3-7 and seven in the last 10 games. Uh, Dame has now popped on the injury report for Portland. Uh, they're 32-40, and 40, and they just have absolutely nothing to play for uh, the rest of the way. So, understandably so, Sunday should be favored, should be a win Sunday, even on the road. Then you return home and play the Hornets and the Pistons, and you you just have to take care of business. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I know that they're a bad team. I know that bad teams can, can sneak up on you, and you might be able to sleepwalk or whatever. No mistake about it. You just have to go into this back-to-back set at home, Tuesday, Wednesday, feed off the crowd energy, win those two games. And then you play the Pacers, you know, who, who aren't a bad team by any stretch, uh, but a team that, for your sake, to... to catapult your way into the play-in tournament, you have to you have to beat them. And you got to give against the Jazz also. So, like, if you win tonight against the Lakers, you not only clinch the tiebreaker over LA, but you then put the ball in your court to where all you have to do is take care of business. And then that last stretch against really tough teams, you know, where you're playing Phoenix and Memphis and, and Golden State again, when you're playing those type of teams, those almost don't even matter as long as you take care of business if you win tonight. So tonight's a pretty important game, and a game in which that SGA 
will hopefully play in. Um, he said yesterday that if he felt, you know, if he felt good, he would for sure play. But he also said in that same quote uh, that there's been times where I feel good in this moment right here in the post game press conference, and then I wake up the next day and I don't feel good at all. And so that's how you pop up on the injury report is questionable. So we'll just see how he feels after shoot around and after um, getting closer to game time. But uh, it would be it would be incredibly important for him to play in this game. The Thunder are open-minded to letting him play in this game against the Lakers. And this game against the Lakers is going to be, um, you know, the, the biggest game of the season, which you're going to hear that pretty much every game from now until the end of the year, because even the games against the Hornets and the Pistons are going to be big because you can't afford to lose them. So I, I just think that with this loss, obviously things got out of hand down the stretch. Obviously, uh, it looks worse on the scoreboard than it actually was, but it's it's all still in front of you despite the jarring nature of of riding that incredible high of beating the Suns and the Clippers back to back, and now looking at the play in graphic and you're no longer in there. You're looking at the postseason standings and tables and you're no longer in there. Um, that can that that will and all you know, can change in just one simple game, as you saw in this one. Uh, obviously, Lou Dort is going to be a topic of conversation. SGA once again plays really well. J-Dub once again plays extremely well. And even J-Will deserves a ton of credit. As Josh Giddy was also phenomenal. Like There was a lot of good stuff. The problem was, outside of SGA, outside of Josh Giddy, outside of J-Dub, there were not enough contributors. Like, you take those guys away, and who else contributed to the success of the team in meaningful minutes. Uh, Usman played fine, you know, but, but, you know, in meaningful minutes, it was an off night from Isaiah Joe who went over four and got popped in the lip. And so that obviously detours uh, his game in a big way where, you know, it's hard to come back from getting uh, a lip. Was it called laceration where it kind of cuts open a little bit. He had to go back to the locker room from a bleeding lip. Um, so he was over four. Lindy Waters was two for seven. Olivier Saar, Sarich, both non-factors in this one. Uh, Wiggins, one for four from the floor. Jeremiah Robinson Earl uh, was pretty clunky in his minutes. And then Trey Mann comes in in garbage time. So, like, you you didn't really get a boost from anyone besides your big three. And Jay Will played fine. And then Lou Dort was, was terrible in this game. And so when that happens, that's that's the margin. That's the, that's the razor-thin margin of error that the Thunder play with whenever they're such a young team uh, that's still going through developmental periods and still you know, you're not fully flushed out as a roster yet. You, if you if you have a couple guys have a bad night, Isaiah Joe over four, Ludor plays terrible, that changes the comp- complexity of your team entirely. And so you go from being tied at halftime to getting blown out in the second half. Now, before moving any further, it's important to know, how many times have we looked at this team and said, wow, they just got absolutely manhole. They just got absolutely blown out, uh, or, or they didn't bring or play their style of basketball. Every time that we've said that about them this season, the very next game they've responded. So let's see if they can do it again. Let's see if they can once again respond and play a really good game tonight against the Lakers because it will be the most important game of the season. It truly will. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about Ludor. We'll talk about SGA and Josh Giddy and their games individually uh, after this kind of overarching look at the game as a whole. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at uh, the Nissan Aria. Folks, Nissan Aria is incredible. And 
It is awesome. You're going to want to go right now to NissanUSA.com, the shop now for the Nissan Aria, and they're bringing you the Player of the Week, folks. And the Nissan Aria Player of the Week, it has to be SGA because of what he's doing and, and how and how amazing he is post-All-Star break, leading the NBA in scoring. Um, he is just brilliantly fierce. He is stunningly powerful, and he is electric. But also, J-Will, pretty electric. So let's go co Nissan Aria Electric Player of the Weeks, brought to you by the all-new all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, because there's nothing more electric than watching J-Will knock down a triple and then go to half court and start screaming boom, and it gets everybody excited. Everyone's tweeting out boom, screaming boom at their television, screaming it in the arena. Chris Fisher is even leaning into it on the broadcast saying boom whenever he hits a three. So that brings some electricity. That packs a pin-you-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence, just like the all-in-one EV of the 2023 Nissan Aria. So check it out today, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanAria.com. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Make sure you subscribe across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And let's talk about Lou Dort. Lou Dort did not play good at all. Like He was bad. One for 11 in this game. One for four from beyond the arc. And I told you on yesterday's show with Clemente that the difference in this game is going to be if Lou Dort can hit threes or not. If he's on from three-point land, this team would, would look totally different and would be able to handle... Uh, the Clippers, but he was not on from three-point lane. He was one for four, and he shot one for 11 overall, and it all got compounded by this stretch of what felt like 20 straight possessions. It was obviously like two or three, not 20, but it felt like 20 straight possessions of him coming down the floor and jacking up a mid-range shot and just bricking it. And that was in the midst of the biggest run of the game for the Clippers, and the Clippers were able to blow the Thunder smooth out uh, because of that. And Ludor finishes with three points, two, uh, two assists, two steals, six rebounds. I think that with Lou Dort, I understand the frustration. I understand the criticism of Lou Dort. And I understand not wanting to hear, wait, wait, wait until the next year. Because we've been saying the next year for a couple of years now with Lou Dort, on, oh, it's the next year where he'll find his role. It's the next year where he's going to uh, find his role. 
And I know that the Thunder want to play a very versatile style of basketball. They want to play a style where everybody touches the ball, where everybody is involved in the offense. But for Lou Dort specifically, the best style for him would be to just simply camp in the corner where he has shot really well in the corner his entire career. He's a plus 40% shooter from the corner of threes his whole career uh, outside of the rookie season. So put him there, and then he should be able to thrive off backdoor cuts when they're open. Uh, because as bad of a, of a rim finisher as he is, he still finishes well in, on the backdoor cuts. You know, should be able to thrive, thrive there, theoretically, because he's big enough to and he's strong enough to, but we, we've seen what his rim finishing percentage is his whole career also. But he should be able to thrive as a corner setter and shoot well from from three as he has in the last three years. And then defensively, you know what he is. like. like then, then, then that elevates the way that it feels like he's playing, right? Because in a game like this, now there's people just going too far, right? You can say, hey, Ludor was terrible tonight offensively, while also not saying, well, he's not even that good of a defender. No, he's a, he's a really good defender. Like, he is an elite defender. It's just that uh, he was not good at all offensively to where it's then soured you on the entire Lou Dort experience. But I will say, um, I think that there is a role for Lou Dort in the future. I think that Lou Dort has a opportunity to have a, a role on this you know, Thunder team and, and and in this starting lineup even and uh, a, a really high-end um, role as a starter even. But it's going to be an interesting chicken or the egg argument, kind of what I was feeling about with Darius Baisley of like, I've been, I was telling you all along on this podcast, there's a role for Baisley. Put him at the small, small ball five. Uh, don't let him create off the dribble. Don't let him, you know, you know, do any of this nonsense where he's where he's putting himself in bad positions. Just have him be a screener, a rim runner. Uh, go, don't have him just sit in the corner. Make him be active as a cutter to where you can use that athleticism and you can use that that kind of those tools that he has. For Lou Dort, it's kind of the opposite. Like, let him sit in the corner. Just just put him there, place him there gently, and do not move him because he can shoot well from there. And then he he's kind of not doing the whole oh I'm going to dribble off my foot or oh, I'm, I'm going to make the wrong pass, or I'm just going to pull up a bad mid-range jumper. Now, I understand that you want everyone to be able to do that, but there's some guys who just can't, some guys who are better off not being put in that position. Uh, and so it's the chicken or the egg in the sense of who whose fault is that, quote-unquote? Like, is it the Thunder still wanting him to try? Is it him not wanting to be relegated to just the corner? doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Next year and years beyond that, he should be a guy who's primarily in the corner in a reduced role offensively. As far as this season goes, though, who else is aggressive? Who else will will step up besides those main three? So again, take away the main three. Take away J-Dub, take away Giddy, take away SGA, who all played really well in this game. You still got blown out. Take those guys away. Who else would even attempt to get their own shot? Because now you're left with Lou Dort, Jay Will, Isaiah Joe, Lindy Waters, Olivier Saar, Dario Saric, Usman Jang, Aaron Wiggins, Jeremiah Rompsnerl, and Trey Mann. And when you're left with that, you got to factor in too. Isaiah Joe left this game with, with an injury at, for a brief moment where he still played 17 minutes but still uh, had a lip laceration, just did not kind of ever recover from it, so to say. So in this particular game, Isaiah Joe was not as effective as he normally is. In general, I'd much rather see Isaiah Joe creating just with that mid-range step back. I'd even I'd even not care if he missed two or three of them. Just the fact that it looks better and, and the process of, of it actually working will be 
better than Lou Dort's process, so to say. But like, okay, so Isaiah Joe, you'd rather have him creating than Lou Dort offensively. Uh, you could throw Wiggins in that category if you want to, of like you would rather have him being aggressive. But see, his game is more so predicated on him just being a really savvy spacer and really savvy with the floor real estate to where he is just getting to his spot, guys are finding him, and he's capitalizing. It's not necessarily creating off the dribble. You could argue, though, hey, Lou Dort might be going through the motions of creating off the dribble. It's not It's not leading to production uh, off the dribble. Uh, so it's just a messy situation right now in this season. And I know it gets hard to wait, and I know that it, it's impatient, and I know that it's tiresome hearing the same things over and over again. But next season, if this is still a problem, then it will be a monumental one. Right now, there's still a explanation for it. You see, you see the difference. Right now, you can still talk yourself through the decision making. Next year, when you have another first round pick, who will likely be a more offensive minded player than Lou Dort. When you have Chet Holmgren coming back, when you have Jalen Williams, who will have a full NBA summer of development and will be more comfortable taking instead of 10 shots a game, taking, you know, 15 shots a game, whatever the number gets up to for him. Josh Giddy once again, getting more comfortable offensively in terms of a score, which he was in this one. As you get more and more of those guys, not, not, not even necessarily in terms of quantity, but in terms of quality, um, then it'll get less and less easy to explain to where the problem gets bigger and bigger and bigger uh, to where at some point it will boil over. I don't think we're at that boiling over point yet because I truly do believe that it, that it's as simple as putting him in the corner um, and reducing his role offensively to where it makes him look better offensively and thus improves his overall game in the view of how it feels when you're watching a contest and, and how his impact feels when you're watching a game. Uh, but if you want to be upset today, I, there's not much I can do for you. There's not much I can, I can say to talk you off the ledge besides just kind of talking through it like we just did. But coming up, we'll talk about so much more with this game, including Josh Giddy, SGA, uh, J-Dub, and J-Will played really well also. But first, I want to tell you right now about your friends over at Ibotta. Folks, Ibotta is incredible groceries, school shopping, you can get a little something for yourself. You're already doing all this stuff, right? You're already going grocery shopping. You're already going school supply shopping. You're already you know, getting yourself a little treat here and there. But why not get cash back whenever you do that with Ibotta? Because you can watch as Ibotta is able to give you cash back on stuff like groceries. You can earn $120 per year in real cash back that could uh, cover the cost of an entire shopping trip for you. Or you could use that cash back to buy things uh, that you might have had your eye on for a while. Uh, and make sure that you check it out because you can earn cash back on those shopping trips with uh, with Ibotta. Uh, you can get cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal core to uh, pantry items, personal care. Either try it out today by going to uh, Ibotta. You can use our code LOCKED, and when you do that, you're going to get $5 for just trying Ibotta. Use the code LOCKED uh, when you register. That's in the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can download this for free. It's the Ibotta app. Use the code LOCKED. You will be able to get $5 just for simply simply trying out the product. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play Store or Apple Play Store, Apple App Store. Use code LOCKED. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Now, let's talk about what to watch next. Your second listen should be the Game to Game podcast, a nightly recap show of the NBA. But let's talk about SGA. He was really good. 30 points, uh, 66% shooting from the floor, one for one from three, nine for nine at the free throw line, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, three blocks. He was locked in on both ends. He was that, that kind of killer that Kawhi was in this one. It's just that he played 26 minutes uh, and Kawhi played 34 minutes, and Kawhi's surrounding cast allowed him to to kind of elevate uh, the rest of the team. But they were going blow for blow. I mean, you saw it in the first half where the game was tied. They were going blow for blow for blow, and it just so happened that the Thunder uh, ran out of gas in this one. But uh, SGA was awesome. Uh, SGA is questionable today against the Lakers. He did take a, a dive, a fall, you know, whatever the case is, to where he was grimacing a little bit. I'm not sure if that will have anything to do with with his designation for um, if he'll play in this one, I would truly imagine that this is a, a true game time decision where you, you go through warmups and you see uh, how he's feeling and you see if he can play uh, just based upon how great SGA is in LA and how much you know playing in this particular building uh, has been great to him. I would imagine he'll try everything he can to play. Uh, but as of right now, he is questionable and that is just going to be something that we watch for the rest of the remaining hours until that game starts uh, of, if you will, or not play in, in what is uh, the biggest game of the season. Because, again, the, a win in this one, you win this game against the Lakers if SGA plays and, and if he can get you the win. If you win this game against the Lakers, you get win here, win in Portland, and then you win Charlotte and Detroit. You're on a four-game winning streak going into Indiana, uh, Indiana to play the Pacers, uh, a team that you should be able to beat. And now everything starts to snowball for you as, as a franchise, as a team, uh, and you get some momentum heading into the rest of the way, and you might be able to ensure yourself a top 10 seed before you even have to deal with uh, the, the, that tough ending to the season. Uh, so SGA was awesome. I hope I hope that he can play in this one uh, this this evening or tonight, late at night, because it's a West Coast affair. Josh Giddy, he was awesome, and he was a legit scoring threat, both at the rim both on the perimeter, he was a legit scoring throughout 18 points, three rebounds, four assists for him. Uh, Jay Will was really good also. Uh, he was able to create a lot in this one, and I just love the way that defense is, even as he's one for four. If you leave him open, he's going to knock it down more often than not, and whenever you scramble to pick him up at the perimeter, he's able to, to branch that into more offense for the team. So either way, uh, you're not doing yourself a favor with how you choose to defend Jay Will on the perimeter, which kind of puts you in a compromised position either way. J-Dub was awesome. 12 shots in this one, one more than Lou Dort. Obviously, you want to see his shot total continue to climb, but he's also a rookie, and that thing, you know, that kind of comes with time, comes with the nature of, uh, of, of development and growth. You're going to see games where he looks really, really good in that aspect and some games where you'd, where you'd want him to shoot more. Uh, but shot 58% from the floor, 2 for 4 from 3, 
Um, 16 points, four assists, three rebounds was really good. And then we talked about Lou Dort, who who was just not great. And now off the bench, I mean, Usman Jang was fine. Uh, the, minute, the minutes weren't very impactful to me uh, with Usman Jang, which isn't his fault. I mean, he played 15 minutes only, and it was a game that, that got out of hand uh, at the later stages. Um, but let's see how this team responds. And and I and we do have to give this team a certain amount of credit because every time that we've had to be put in this position to where it's like, ah, that was a bad loss, ah, that was a tough one, tough one to lose. Every time that we've said that about this team, they've responded really well. And and, and they've gone out and they've and they've answered the call. So can they do it again this time on the second night with back to back? We'll see. We'll be back after that game is over to recap it right here on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. And until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.